Hey everyone, it's co-host Becky here. As you'll notice, our episode isn't starting quite the same as they usually do, and I'll explain that a little bit. In the first episode of this Relationships mini-series, we give a shout-out to a couple of people. We give a shout-out to the Youth Advisory Committee at Foundry, and we also give a shout-out to our colleague, Scott Stephen. Sadly, since recording that episode, Scott has passed away. So we want to not only share our thoughts with his family and friends and our support with family and friends at this time, but we also want to dedicate this mini-series to him um, and all his amazing work that he contributed towards this and this mini-series was really his idea. So we just wanted to take a moment and show our respect for our great colleague Scott and we'll be taking just a moment of silence in his memory before fully getting into this episode that he helped me and co-host Olivia create and it wouldn't be the mini-series it is um, without Scott's amazing for curiosity creativity so thank you We also acknowledge that just speaking of someone passing away, whether that's because you knew Scott or worked with Scott, but also just, you know, speaking of someone's passing can bring up a lot of feelings. Um, And we acknowledge that and we support you through that. We do have an episode that is on grief, if that's something that you may want to listen to or find helpful. But there's also some really great phone lines that you can reach out to if you do just need to speak to someone to kind of talk through those feelings or any feelings. So those supportive numbers are there is a 24-7 Canadian support line, crisis line, that's completely free to call. The phone number is 833-456-4566. There's also a text 24-7 support line as well. And the phone number for that is 68 Six eight six eight, and if you text home to that, you'll get a response from a supportive person. So again, we just want to say our thoughts were with Scott's friends and family, and we just want to take a moment to say thank you to Scott, and we'll be taking a moment now just in memory of him. Thank you. Hello everyone, welcome to What Really Works, a mental health podcast for young adults and youth. In these podcasts, you can expect to hear us chat about mental health and provide well-being tips and tricks with the odd joke thrown in. What Really Works is brought to you by Discovery College, an initiative run by the Canadian Mental Health Association Kelowna, where lived and living experience and learned experience informs everything we do. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello, what really works, listeners? Today, we are going to be talking about 
relationships. <laughs> so this is a hard topic for yeah. me. It's also a very, very big topic. So yeah. we are seeing here that we know that this is probably going to turn almost into a bit of a mini series with two to three, maybe four episodes, depending on how it goes, because there are so many things involved with relationships. And when we're talking about relationships, I think we're going to be covering platonic and non-platonic relationships as well, right? Yeah. So yeah, this is, that's what we're going to be diving into is relationships today and the many things involved with it. Uh, shout out to Scott Stephen and the Youth Advisory Committee at Foundry Kelowna for giving us lots and lots of information and helping us plan out these episodes. Which, um, so I just want to say thank you so much to all of you who helped uh, kind of curate this and tell us things that have to be included and need to be included and what's super important. So thank you. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Collaboration. Collaboration nation. <laughs> So, Becky. Yes. How do you feel about relationships? Oh, I feel it's such a, like an open question. It is a very open question. I know I couldn't think of anything more specific. Well, that's totally fine. Uh, I'd say, yeah, I mean, I like relationships. Mm -hmm. I'm a social human, okay. so yep. I need relationships in my life. Yeah. I'm also an extrovert, so in the sense that um, I get like my energy from being around people. Like it helps me feel better being around people, even if that person is not like I'm just sat in a room silently with another person. So also relationships for me are kind of pretty important in that sense. I do need people around me to feel a little less like lethargic <laughs> and like lonely. I like I don't like my own company. So yeah, like I guess relationships play a pretty big part in my life, really, and play a big part in like maintaining feeling good and having a good mental health as long as like the relationship is healthy too. Yeah, yeah, that's an important part. Yeah, I don't know. Relationships are a really big topic for me and like a really, really important to me, I would say. Um, I tend to base, not really base who I am off of relationships that I have, but relationships are incredibly important to me because I feel <laughs> I feel it's kind of the whole purpose that we're here as humans is to like build connections with other people and to have an impact on others lives it doesn't matter if it's like a positive impact or a negative impact or experience whatever it is if we are interacting with someone else then we do have yeah we have an impact on that person's life in one way or another and I tend to live my life thinking that you know, if I can have a good impact on on these relationships and on these people, then like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing mm -hmm. on the planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing about relationships, right? Is it always involves two or more people? Mm -hmm. That's something to kind of always bear. Well, I mean, well, I, a relationship with yourself, but yeah. Um, the, but I guess the relationships we're kind of talking about are the human connection relationships yeah. more than anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although I would say. In the past year, the relationship that I've really, really, really been working on is my relationship with myself. Yeah. So what really works, listeners, my name is Olivia Howard, and I am a serial monogamist, or I have been <laughs> in the past, <laughs> where literally since I was in kindergarten, I was kissing under the slides, like <laughs> just all about relationships all about getting a boyfriend getting a girlfriend like just having that really deep emotional connection with someone mm -hmm. and I think 
I pursued that so much as like the main thing that I wanted to focus on. Not the main thing, but one of the main things I focused on in middle school, in high school, in college was romantic relationships because I tended to feel the most like deep, thoughtful, emotional connection with people that I had romantic relationships with. And we would get down to all the nitty gritty stuff that I, the stuff that Mm -hmm. you know that I love, right? Is all of those really heavy, deep conversations. Um, But then this last year, I kind of went through a very tough breakup, like very, very tough um, and tough relationship. And then, yeah, I've been single for a year now and really worked on my relationship with myself and never ever realized how important it is to have that kind of before you can engage in like really meaningful relationships or at least in my opinion so yeah interesting because they always say you gotta love yourself or like yeah anyway so I don't know where this falls in but I just really felt like telling you guys that but also like when you've been building that relationship with yourself and like building that view of yourself and understanding of yourself all that kind of stuff how has that impacted your relationships outside of that breakup? Like the other relationships you've had? So well. Yeah, like in very, very, I would just say positive ways because I feel so much more myself Mm -hmm. and so empowered and just good in myself and feel strong in who I am. And I think the people that you do have relationships with, whether that be platonic or not platonic, can sense that. Mm And then you form an even deeper connection with those people because they're like, oh, wow, like this is the real Olivia and not the real Olivia that's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, even in the sense of like, you know, a lot of people will say like, well, X, this relationship like helps me feel like this certain way about myself right yeah which is really really great that like when we have relationships that do empower ourselves and like make us feel good about ourselves and that kind of stuff but we like you say it's also important for us to be able to like know that ourselves as well right like you know yourself that you can empower yourself and like believe in yourself and know that you're worthy right or that i can be alone yeah that was such a big thing and i think in relationships, especially romantic ones, and even friendships, mm-hmm. is feeling empowered in yourself and knowing that I will be okay if I'm alone. I can be happy if I am on my own and not relying on other people for to make me feel good or mm-hmm. to give me validation yeah. or to give me affection and know that I can grab those things from myself instead of others was so pivotal for me. And I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with is mm-hmm. that fear of, oh, what if I don't have this relationship moving forward? So then we latch onto it like a spider monkey, like we're just <laughs> attached to that relationship so hard yeah. and we end up just like suffocating ourselves and suffocating the other person too. Yeah. Yeah. They're like so complex in mm-hmm. relationships. There's going to be a lot of like nuanced things I feel in this and a lot of I feel like a lot of rabbit holes are going to end up going <laughs> going down. Yeah, and part of what we want to do too is explore the fact that there's no one right way mm-hmm. of having a relationship. Yeah. I think especially, you know, within our own within our society, we tend to focus on monogamous relationships, mm-hmm. we tend to focus on relationships between someone who identifies as a man and someone who identifies as a woman. 
we're changing that a lot more now, which is great. But I think that's where our focus will be in these episodes, too, is just really trying to diversify the type of relationships that we're speaking about. Yeah. And, you know, and even just like in a sense of like relationships, like what is healthy and what's good and what's enjoyable is going to be very different for each relationship yeah. as well. Right. And, you know, we'll be chatting about like some of our own experiences and like talking about how like we've experienced different types of relationships and that kind of stuff, as well as like some of the research. But yeah, that's also something I do kind of just want to say right from now is that we will be talking a lot from based on like our experiences and our knowledge as well, which again, like doesn't mean it's a one size fits all. There's no like perfect cookie cutter way of having a relationship that is like healthy or you know, is growing, right? There's no perfect way to engage in a relationship, whether that's with a caregiver, whether that's with a best friend, whether that's with a partner that you really fancy, you know, Mm. all these different relationships, whether that's with a teacher, you know, like we've got so many different relationships in our lives. So I do just kind of want to say that as well as that what might work for me might not work for you, Olivia, and vice versa and for everyone listening as well so kind of just as always with our episodes like listen see what piques your interest what stands out for you and go from there as well perfect (laughs) (laughs) so becky question Mm. for you yes what do you think yes is the most important like skill or thing that we can have to maintain a relationship Ooh. Like, if you were to be like, this is the thing that you need to try to to maintain a healthy relationship, what would it be? I would say, and this isn't just because, like, we have it as a, a point to talk about today, is I would say it's, like, talking and clear communication. I was hoping you'd say that because then it would lead perfectly into our yeah. topic for today. 100%. I've been with my boyfriend for almost six years now. He is a good one. He is his lovely. But yeah, I would say 100% like talking. So I'm thinking about like, I guess my closest relationships. So that being with my boyfriend, that being with my parents, that being with even with like really close colleagues. So even when I'm working with you, Olivia, for me, communication is really important to keep that um, healthy kind of work relationship going. Even with my friends, I think it's all about that clear communication because I... I would probably say maybe when I first started seeing Joe, I wasn't the clearest communicator, but he's like quite straightforward. Mm. He doesn't really beat around the bush, not in a rude way. He's still very like thoughtful about what he's saying, but he is very much like, just say what you need to say. Like, don't, you don't have to like sugarcoat it for me, like just tell me what you need or whatever. And I found it really, really hard at first Mm. because I think I wasn't, I'd see, I was kind of the opposite of you. I'd always been single until I met Joe. Never really had a partner. Never really was seeing anyone because I wasn't really fussed. <laughs> I was kind of just like, yeah, I'm happy, like, you know, chilling with my friends. I'm, I kind of didn't feel like anything was missing for me. Yeah. Um. So then Joe comes and plods along and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing because I'm a commitment phobe, apparently. Uh, <laughs> and... When he, you know, when we needed to have those like conversations where it was all just like needs to be clear, needs to set those expectations, whatever it is, say what my needs are. It's such a hard time because I was like, I don't think I've ever necessarily done that. But as soon as like I started, like we started having just like really clear communication, saying like what our needs are or what our expectations are, what our wants are, 
what things annoy us, all these kind of things. It made everything so much easier because it didn't mean anything ever blew up. Yeah. It kind of meant that it was like kind of spoken about in the moment, even of like, hey, look, you keep on leaving your dirty socks around the house and it's really annoying me. Like it means that we have a conversation about it and can be like, okay, like what are we going to do about the dirty socks around the house mm. versus me getting annoyed that I'm always clearing up dirty socks and then like blowing up about it, right? And being like, you always do this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So yeah, I think communication is so, so important because it lets you, the person know when things are going good, when you're feeling happy, when you're feeling content with the relationship, it lets you know when you feel like things might need to change or things are bothering you. And it also lets the person know when maybe things don't feel so great for you and you can have a conversation about how maybe we can adapt things, right? Mm-hmm. It's a long-winded answer I'm saying communication. <laughs> no, that's good. And I'm glad that you went into all of that. Do you think that there's such a thing as over-communication? So mm. I've always been very good at, I think that I'm very good at communicating. Whenever I have an issue, whenever I have a feeling, yeah. whatever it is, I tell that person right away. And part of the reason is because I had had many relationships when I was younger where communication was not present. Mm-hmm. And if there was communication, it was passive-aggressive communication where you know that someone's mad at you. Mm-hmm. And they make you feel that, but then they don't really tell you why. Yeah. And for someone with anxiety and bipolar, it's just like absolutely the worst thing that anyone can do to me is like be upset at me and not tell me why. Because then my anxious brain goes, well, it could be these millions of things that I've ever done, that I've done, right? Like you never know, just making things up in my head. So that's like really, really hard for Mm -hmm. me. So I think to combat that, I've always had very open communication mm-hmm. with ev- like you know, including in my relationships. Um, but what I'm curious about is I've been criticized in the past for communicating too much mm-hmm. of saying something that bothers me or something that I, you know, an issue that I might be having. And then the response back to that being like, well, what do you expect me to do about it? Like, why are you telling me that you're upset about this when like I can't do anything to fix that for you? Like, that's a problem that you need to fix. And you telling me that that's something that you're like struggling with, it just makes me feel bad because you're mm-hmm. telling me that that's not. Does, do you ever find that? Like, is that, do you think that's genuine? Do you think like people can over communicate about their feelings or is that just like maybe a, something I, else going on? Sometimes I wonder, sometimes <laughs> it might be how it's being communicated to. Mm. <clears throat> so. Like we quite often talk about like the win statements. Yes. So first top tip of our relationship our first episode. communication tactic. We need like a little spe- we don't have any noises that would really match it, I feel. Flat, flat, flat. Let's try the green one. <laughs> Maybe not. That's basically, it's basically that but just the opposite. pretend it's higher. It's like flat, flat, flat. and now it sounds good. Okay, All right, go ahead. So first top tip is a win statement um, which I think can be really helpful when communicating our needs, especially if it's something where maybe it's not clear cut where the person where a person can help in that relationship. So for example, if it's something that they've done, you'd be like, hey, when using Joe and his day socks, sorry Joe. <laughs> um, as an example, I like a really great way of me kind of winning is like, hey Joe, like when you leave your dirty socks on the sofa, mm-hmm. I feel frustrated because I tend to tidy them away first um, because I find it bothersome. So 
what I would really like, if you can, is to just put them by the door at the end of the day. Yeah. Kind of that, like, I need... And then also being open to having a conversation as well, because the other person might be like, well, I don't really see that as a problem. And sometimes we do have to meet people halfway. Can't always get exactly what we want, right? So you kind of, that can sometimes be helpful if somebody is like, well, what do you want me to do about it? You know, it could be like, I'm feeling really upset about X right now. Like, I know there's nothing that you can actually do to fix it, but I'd really like it maybe if we did something to take my mind off it this afternoon. Um, That's a hard thing to do is like say what you need as a response from somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I struggle with that a lot because most of the time I don't really know. Well, and that's like, like, I don't know, just make it feel better. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, sometimes that does kind of then leave the person in the lurch of like, I'm not really sure where where to go. Like you're, yeah. ask, you're, you're kind of asking me for something, but then you're not telling me what that something is, which can then lead that person to feel that kind of frustration, that confusion, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of like, well, what do you want me to do? And yeah. then we're like, I don't know, which is fair. Sometimes like we don't have a clue what we know, but sometimes we do maybe need to take a bit of a breather and a bit of a thought before we approach it with that. Yeah, communicate statement. with ourselves first, maybe, yeah. you know, of asking ourselves, okay, this is what I need to chat about, but what do I want to come from this conversation afterwards? And what do I need from this conversation rather than just going to whoever it is that we have this relationship with and venting about the issue that we have yeah and even just like yeah I think taking time is one of the biggest things ever because sometimes I'll get frustrated about something um and then I'll be like but what is it even that I'm frustrated about like what how do I even want to word this and have a conversation about it right before we even can approach it like I'm even thinking about like in the workplace those kind of relationships sometimes I'll get frustrated about something and rather than me being like okay like I'm frustrated I'm just gonna go straight and talk to this person I'm like okay Becky, I do that all the time <laughs> I'm like Becky you need to take 10 because right now you have no idea what you even want to say all you want to say is that you're frustrated yeah and that doesn't help that person meet me halfway because then they're like okay like you're frustrated but like what because <laughs> people aren't mind readers sadly yeah um and then the other thing around that, that over communication that you were talking about is one thing that I sometimes do is asking myself how important is it going to be or like how am I going to feel about this in like three days? I love that. You told me that before when we've kind of talked about this personally and yeah, thinking, okay, so Joe left his dirty socks on the floor mm-hmm. and he's only done it once. You're like, okay, yeah. is this going to bug me in three days? Probably not. So I'm not going to say anything, but like. <laughs> Once it becomes a consistent issue, you're like, heck yeah, it's going to bug me in three days because in three days there's going to be more socks there. So yeah. I should probably say something. Exactly. Whereas like uh, like you say, it sometimes helps me filter out the small things that I'm only finding frustrating in that moment in time. And maybe actually sometimes I'm finding it frustrating because of other stuff. It's not because of that soul thing. Yeah, because of me or like what's going on with my emotions that day. Maybe I didn't get enough sleep. Maybe I'm hungry. Yeah. Maybe I'm upset at someone else and taking it out on this person. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I guess, like, part of that communication is also taking that time to be like, all right, like, check myself first. Check to see if I need anything first before then I start communicating some things. Because sometimes, sometimes it is because I'm hungry and I am just <laughs> a monster when I'm hungry. And I'm like, oh, if I go have a snack, I'll feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> what about when communicating is not going to get us any farther 
and you have to stop that communication. I will argue (laughs) until the sun comes up. I don't know what it is, whether it's my genes, (laughs) because my grandma is the same way, (laughs) or it's a lack of self-control or just a love for argument. It's the debate team. That's what it had to be. It had to have been the debate team. (laughs) It instilled It instilled something in me to where I know within minutes that this conversation is not going to go anywhere and there's no point in us arguing about it but I will just be I'll just get at it after and after and after and after it to the point in my last relationship I would have we would have like six hour arguments and it's because neither of us would just like know when it's time to try to stop communicating Mm -hmm. right and time to stop well I guess oh wait a second that's (laughs) not communication that's argumentation it is yeah how do we tell the difference between communication and argumentation? Hit it, Becky. I think communication is a two-way street. Yeah. I think communication is you're willing to listen. Mm. It's that kind of when you've described before about like debate versus dialogue. Oh, yes. Where it's like communication is like is having a conversation. It's being willing to state your point, but also being willing to listen to the other person's point and being willing to listen to actually hear what they're saying not, which I think we are all guilty of, of listening to bat back another point. Yeah. So debate assumes there's a right answer and that I have the right answer. It's combative and participants attempt to prove the other side wrong. Mm -hmm. It's about winning. It entails uh, listening to find flaws and make counter arguments. That is so important, I think, because we could be listening and active listening to someone when we're in an argument, but we're only listening for those things that we can then lead them down a dark tunnel and be like, you said this, but that really means this. And You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, I defend my assumptions as the truth. I critique the other side's position. I defend my own views against those of others, search for weaknesses in others' positions, seek a conclusion or vote that ratifies my position at the end. Pretty good. And then dialogue is the opposite, and that's the communication side. Assumes that many people have pieces of the answer and that together they can craft a solution, is collaborative. Participants work together toward common understanding. Is about exploring common good, so focusing Mm -hmm. on the things that you, I guess, like probably strength-based, right? Focusing on those things that you do see that you have in common rather than all those things you're not agreeing on. Listening to understand and find meaning and agreement. I reveal my assumptions for reevaluation. So knowing that I have biases and wanting to check those biases, essentially. Reexamining all positions, admitting that others' thinking can improve my own, Uh, search for strength and value in others' positions. So trying to validate others' positions, too. Mm -hmm. And discovering new opinions. This is from The Magic of Dialogue by Daniel Yankilovich. I think that's a really great thing to think about. Is this a conversation or not? Yeah. What is particularly tricky about that is when there's a power dynamic involved in the relationship. I think there's always a power dynamic. In, well, maybe not. No, I don't. Yeah, that's so interesting to think about. Ooh. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about the relationships where I do think that there's a power dynamic. And I'm like, mm, is that because there's a little bit of unhealthiness present there? Maybe. Well, I'm just thinking about... I guess work relationships, there's always a power dynamic. Yeah, some work relationships, there's power dy- Like, the classic of, I mean, that comes to mind is, like, in previous jobs, it's kind of been, like, well, thanks for communicating that to me, but, like, I'm the manager, so I get the final say. And it's like, mm, okay, like, 
there's that power <laughs> dynamic there, right? Yeah. But I'm also thinking about if we're a young person living at home with a caregiver. Mm, good point. That's when it becomes really, really difficult because sometimes our caregiver is like, well, I'm the caregiver, so my say is final. And then that makes it really, really tricky to then have those conversations that are like more collaborative, right? My poor mother. (laughs) Whenever (laughs) immediately when you said that, I'm like, I wouldn't. Yeah, when my mom would say that, I'd be like, oh, really? Let's argue about it for six hours. (laughs) Oh, it's like the opposite. Because I have a brother that is six years older than me. So I grew up my with my brother trying to be cheeky. Yeah, and I'm the oldest, so and makes sense. Yeah. Him trying to get away with doing stuff. <laughs> and my mum always said to me, she was like, don't try and get away with things because she was like, I was a bad kid, so I know all the tricks of the trade. So there's no point in trying to do things, like, you know, like trying to sneak around me. My mum was always like, just be honest with me and I'll meet you halfway. And my brother did not take that on. And he thought he could out-sneak my mum. Could not. And I always saw, like, how that just didn't go well. <laughs> so I was, like, the opposite. Whereas, like, if my mum was like, hey, you're in the wrong, I'd be like, yeah, I'm probably in the wrong. It's just how it can be hard to have a conversation with, like, a caregiver. Especially if it's we're trying to maybe communicate needs or yeah. have a discussion about something. Sometimes it can be really tricky because of that power dynamic, right? You know, maybe our caregiver's going like, hey, look, this is a decision. And we're trying to be like, hey, look, like, you know, you've made that decision. But, like, actually, this would be really great for me instead. It can be really scary to even just have those conversations, right? Yeah, well, because you can feel invalidated depending mm-hmm. on how that conversation goes, right? And I think as as humans, and especially when we're younger, we feel as though that we know what's best for us, right? We we always kind of know what's best for ourselves. Um, and then having someone have a different opinion or telling us that that's not going to happen is a really hard thing. Yeah. So I feel, I mean, in those cases, it's important to just maybe have other places of support to even just talk through, like, what that experience might be, right? Whether that's a friend and being like, hey, I'm upset about this or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But just another place to go to that feels safe to just be like, hey, look, I had this, like, really tricky conversation. Yeah, or planning out how you want that conversation to go too, like we've talked about. So what does healthy communication look like then? Well, we already said that it's direct, right? Mm -hmm. Direct communication, not beating around the bush because beating around the bush just always creates massive confusion for everyone and then things fall apart. I think also... It creates anger. Yeah. Frustration. When we don't understand things clearly, it's just frustrating, right? Mm -hmm. And then we make up our own tales about things and... Leads to confusion. Le- yeah. Leads to more difficult conversations because it just wasn't said <laughs> the first time. Yeah. So, di- But direct communication is really hard, right? Yeah. Because we need to know, we already need to know what we want. We need to have checked in with ourselves ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And I find sometimes it can be a lot easier for us to like work through that as we're having that conversation. Mm-hmm. But that's not really direct, right? We can be confusing for others. So. And it's also hard because there's, I think there's a level of, of not like power, but like, I don't know, like gumption in direct communication, mm-hmm. like just directly stating what the problem is and what you need is a tough thing to do, right? Yeah. Because we don't want to make others feel bad. We don't want to, yeah, I think that's the main thing is we don't want, <laughs> we don't want to create like tension and like make yeah. others feel bad when we're di- indirectly communicating or we're trying to make others feel bad when we're indirectly communicating. Yeah. Or even just like, the like awkwardness 
yeah all like the tension that comes alongside it sometimes we're like oh i just want to be as like i just want it to be as comfortable as possible for as long as possible so if i keep on sweeping this under the carpet maybe it'll go away yeah and it's rare it ever goes away if it's something that is bothersome for us or is going against our needs anything like that right um which then tends to just make it blow up bigger and bigger and bigger for us right versus if we kind of dealt with that uncomfortableness at the start and saying what our need was um or communicating whatever it was then it might even just be a little bit easier anyway in doing that because it might feel a bit smaller of a problem yeah to kind of solve together so direct communication very difficult but important right Um, it can feel like the harder option but it tends to be the easier option yeah Um, in addition to direct communication we also have expressing our emotions and feelings as a part of healthy communication Mm, yeah that's hard because we have to also know what we're feeling yep and we have to be vulnerable enough to Mm. and comfortable enough to be able to share what it is that we're feeling yeah and the tricky part is and i don't know if you find this but i find when i'm bugged by something and it's significant right Mm. like i have an issue with someone it's not usually about them it's not usually about the specific thing that they did, right? It's about some sort of like deeper feeling that I have regarding that usually. Like if it's a really big thing, yeah. you know? Um, and that can be hard to to find where that's coming from, to find the root of where, yeah, find the root of those feelings and then express that to yeah. someone, especially if you know, the other person doesn't really see like why you're upset and what was done wrong. And then you have to kind of like go into this really deep, vulnerable place, pull out those feelings and then lay them out. That's that's tough. Yeah. Well, I feel like one thing that I think a lot of us kind of maybe not take for granted, but maybe just don't necessarily realize is when it comes to building good relationships in our lives, there always has to be an element of vulnerability. Yeah. Because for us to have those like kind of really trustworthy relationships, we have to be vulnerable with that person to build trust. Like without, like we can't have trust without vulnerability. And it's hard to have communication without trust too. Yeah. (laughs) So it's really, really tricky because all of this almost like, like everything that's underpinning this is vulnerability, which so many of us are understandably like scared of because it involves like emotional exposure, it involves risk, it involves uncertainty. Like you can't have vulnerability without those three things. Yeah. Like it doesn't exist. It's not real vulnerability if it's not without emotional exposure, risk or uncertainty. So for us to then put ourselves out there, like you say, like having those like that clear communication or being open about like how we're feeling and what's going on for us is being vulnerable. Um it can be really hard to build those like really great relationships if if we're not kind of willing to walk into that uncomfortableness or that risk, I guess. Because when it comes to like really tight relationships, I think it's important to acknowledge that quite often we, you know, I always think about my really, really, really close relationships, like with my parents or with my boyfriend or like you as a really close friend is I've built that relationship by being vulnerable with you, by sharing parts of me that I wouldn't necessarily share with everybody else. And that's why I trust you. And then that's why I also have such a close relationship with you, right? But that also means 
you hold all of my cards to give me the biggest blow. And a big thing around like relationships for me and those really close relationships where you like love those relationships is you're trusting someone that they're not going to do that. You're like kind of giving them all those cards and just like being vulnerable enough to say like, hey, I'm, I trust you in that, which is why relationships can be so hard. Yeah. We're going to be talking about trust in the next episode that we have or like going deeper into yeah. trust. But as you can see, I think just through what, we've, what we have gone through or explained so far is that, you know, trust and communication are interlinked. And yeah. it's really hard to have good communication if you don't have trust. And yeah. it's hard to have trust without communication. Yeah. So they definitely go <laughs> hand in hand and create a foundation for for a really positive relationship. Yeah. Assertiveness in request. Mm. That is the next one of what healthy communication looks like. Yeah. And the acronym that we're using is Dear Man. So D, direct communication, E, express emotion and feelings, and A, assertiveness in request. Yeah. Again, that's just not beating around the bush, yeah. saying what you need so that it's understood. And the thing that we have to keep in mind is that it's assertiveness in request, not assertiveness in demand. Yeah. <laughs> right? Or re aggression as well. Or aggression, exactly. Yeah. Assertive versus aggression. Yeah. Assertive is... Like, kind of being direct and like standing your ground. Knowing what you want. Yeah, knowing what you want and being like, hey, look, like, this is what I need versus... And, like, this is kind of why being clear about it whereas aggressiveness can involve well assertiveness for one is like you're not going to raise your voice mm -hmm. there's um, not usually anger associated yeah. with assert assertiveness right? yeah exactly whereas um the aggressiveness can definitely come across as more angry more frustrated definitely changes in volume things like that um or in body language um but also i feel like that aggressiveness as well can involve a lot of um finger pointing yeah. As well. Of like, you, you always do this. Do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic. You always. Yeah. Or like, the amount of times I've have. said that in my life, man. Yeah. <laughs> or like, like, you should have. You should have known. Yeah. Like, well, well like, you well, didn't communicate did, with didn't. me. <laughs> um, so that can also be aggressive as well, is very much like placing all the blame on the other person in the relationship, in the conversation, I guess, can be quite aggressive. Blame is the way to not have good communication. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Even when we use those win statements, right? We can use a win statement and use a win statement with a lot of blame. Mm -hmm. Like, when you do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, it's like, well, I'm saying you're doing something. I'm blaming you for something. So it's often better for us to refer to a behavior. Yes. Like, when this behavior is shown yeah i then feel this way and i need this thing yeah yeah, yeah. look up Brene brown and blame everyone because yeah. she's got some real good stuff on blame yeah and really funny too where i was like oh heck yeah i do that all the time yeah <laughs> so next one we have here in our dear man acronym is reward positive responses from the other with a smile or a thank you mm -hmm. <laughs> how do you feel about that one um, I can't. I think I understand what they're saying. I just don't think I like how it's written. Yeah, me neither. Because I understand in their sense of like you know, if someone's like continues it as a conversation, then 
maybe we'll we might soften up a little bit or like say thank you for listening or like thank you for taking like thank you for letting me talk to you about this I kind of understand that sense of like validating that person and the fact that they're taking time to not argue back with you and instead listen but I kind of don't like how it just says like reward positive responses because it makes me feel like you're training a dog (laughs) in a relationship (laughs) here you go here's your biscuit it kind of makes it sound a little bit like I'm training you to like respond in the way that I want you to respond all the time. Whereas actually part of healthy communication is someone sometimes not responding in the way that you would hope them to, because I know that sometimes I'll be in the wrong and I'll approach somebody about it and I'll be like, Hey, look, this is really annoying me. And sometimes like Joe will be like, okay, like I understand that's annoying you, but X, Y, and Z and kind of, responds with kind of how he's feeling about it which might not always be the response that I'm hoping for sometimes I might be going in with an unhealthy mindset of like I just want this person to do this thing for me yeah and I think that's something that is probably my biggest thing in communication (laughs) that I struggle with is having a desired outcome Mm -hmm. of that conversation before having that conversation because then it's not really a two-way street right I have a specific street that I'm going down and I know where it's leading to And I'm just trying to get that other person to go there, too, which is not a genuine interaction, right? Yeah. And it is exactly like you say, kind of forcing someone to have a specific response. Yeah. Yeah. Which then creates a power, like, that does create a power dynamic. If you're always going in, trying to get the person to do what you want them to do, then that's not always healthy, right? Truth. (laughs) 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 Mindful during interaction and remembering to not get sidetracked into argument. Mm. I think this is that's tough I think this is the hardest bit agreed other than starting the initial conversation I think that is is the hardest bit like even I know like if I know I'm gonna have a difficult conversation with someone before I might be like actually shaking because I'm nervous of how it's gonna go and like in my head I'm like you know like I'm a mental health professional I know all these tools and I'm trying to like think about how I want to say it in my head and then I'm also just anxious as to how it's gonna go because I'm not responsible for the other person's behavior or how they're going to react. I can't control that. So that's that that starting piece is really hard. But then I think the next really, really hard bit is this bit of that mindful interaction during the conversation, remembering to not get sidetracked into an argument. Well, because you can still have emotions mm-hmm. towards the situation yeah. that that you're discussing with whoever it is, that whichever relationship, whomever. Yeah. And... Going in with the idea that we're going to remain (laughs) completely not emotional and just like completely just have a good conversation with no sort of like emotions running high or argumentation. Mm -hmm. Unrealistic. Unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like maybe that's why they're using the term mindful in the sense of, you know, if if we're following mindfulness, we're aware of our emotions and what's going on inside of us, but we're not being judgmental of them and we're not getting... We're not running down after them. We're kind of like aware of like, okay, like I feel sad because like it turns out I'm coming to you with this problem and it turns out you're also having like problems with things and I feel upset about that and that maybe I didn't notice that or maybe I'm feeling really angry because I'm feeling the opposite of like whatever this situation is Mm. Um, and trying not to get sidetracked in that argument of like when someone's like, well, I understand like maybe that's what you're saying that you're feeling, but like I feel like this and to not then turn around and go, well, (laughs) 
you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, going, I'm right, you're wrong can be really, really difficult to, to avoid that, especially when it's something that we we feel really strongly about. It yeah. can be really hard to to move away from that, like, I'm right, you're wrong too. Maybe we're both right. And I think it's it's natural for us to delve into argumentation or, you know, to have a little bit of back and forth when we're upset about something. I think that's really normal. But like you say, checking in with ourselves and remaining mindful is important because sometimes we get to a point where we are too emotional, Mm -hmm. where it's not even worth us trying to continue a conversation because there's no conversation being had, right? And to me, that's the most important part of the mindful interaction is, you know, I've said that I've had very, very long arguments in past relationships. And, you know, there's a point very early on where you're like, okay, like I'm not ready to talk about this because my feelings are too high. So being mindful, recognizing that maybe my level of sadness or anger is still at a 10. And this conversation is not a conversation because I need to sort out more how I'm feeling and like work on my emotional Mm -hmm. processing a little bit more before I engage in that conversation. Yeah. So shutting it down is sometimes the best option with that, right? Of being mindful during an interaction and not getting sidetracked into argumentation. Sometimes the best way to do that is to eventually just like shut that conversation down. Yeah. Yeah, Take a break. Yeah. I sometimes have to take a break before the conversation. Me too. So sometimes like it will be obvious that maybe I'm frustrated about something. Yeah. um, And the person will go to me like, hey, what's up? And like, I sometimes have to be like, okay, like I'm feeling really frustrated about something right now. Um, I need a little bit of time before I talk about it because I need to work out if like this is really what I'm frustrated about and if it is what I'm really frustrated about, I need to work out like what I wanted to say about it. But I know I'm really frustrated right now and that's all I can say. (laughs) Well, that's good though because you're communicating that you're not ready to talk about it. Yeah, true. Rather than saying nothing, nothing's wrong. Yeah. Right? Because that can be a... Oh, well, I learned the hard I way. I hate that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I am definitely one of those people where I was like, oh, there's nothing wrong, I'm fine. And then my boyfriend would be like, well, there clearly is something wrong because, like, you're not interacting with me like you do normally. Or anyone, like friends, yeah. bosses. Like, people can tell yeah. when you're upset, right? And I think it's actually a bit... Sometimes can turn into being passive aggressive yes. if we are withholding how we're really feeling from mm-hmm. people. In this, I just want to bring us back to the fact that we're talking about these good communication skills and what it takes to have have good communication and how we can work on that. But what we really need to keep in mind, like Becky said before, and I think that it's super poignant and we should just say it one more time, is that you cannot control the reaction of someone else, Mm -hmm. no matter how good your communication is. Um, I had a really unfortunate situation with a friend recently where I communicated some things that had been on my heart and on my chest for a long time and communicated that very clearly, used all of the techniques that I knew how to use, like really thought about it beforehand, and the reaction was horrible. Like haven't spoken to the person since. So, you know, like that's something that we need to be mindful of is you know, we can be we can be the best communicator possible yeah. but we can't force someone to communicate in the way that we want back right yeah. and at the end of the day that's just something that happens and we can't control so no like you say we can only focus on the parts that we can control of like okay like I know that like I 
said clearly what I wanted to say and I can control like being honest about the situation and I control can control saying like what my needs are and like what my reaction is but sadly yeah mm-hmm. you could do that give the most textbook response or most textbook kind of approach of a problem but that doesn't mean the other person is gonna respond in the way that you were hoping right mm-hmm. which sucks but yeah but at the end of the day it's better for us to express ourselves and be true to yeah. To who we are and what we need and the things that are important to us rather than avoid those conversations and just ultimately elongate the experience that we're having, right? Yeah, and it can have a huge impact on like our mental health and our emotional health if we kind of keep on going into those relationships and not saying what our needs are or like things that are bothering us or, you know, how we want to grow in that relationship, right? It can be really detrimental to our mental health if we keep on kind of trying to brush everything under the carpet, right? Yeah. Appear confident. (laughs) Is the next in the day man thing. Yeah. (laughs) I found that interesting. Me too. I think... I guess your ideas do... Like, you seem maybe a bit more secure in your ideas and secure in your feelings if you appear confident, but... Yeah. I would say when you're communicating to someone that you have a relationship with... It shouldn't really matter if you appear confident or not, you know, at least in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. And then the last one, negotiate. And I think by negotiate, they really just mean kind of express your needs in that way. And like, where are we going to go from here? Yeah, I think I don't really like the word negotiate. Me neither, because it sounds like a power dynamic thing. I think I prefer collaborate. Me too. In the sense of kind of having that open discussion of like, okay, like, these are what my needs are like what are your needs Mm -hmm. or like this is how I view the situation how do you view the situation where do we go from here yeah like what's the compromise like what's okay for me what's okay for you how do we move forward yeah Mm -hmm. exactly and that's also a very difficult place because if we want a specific outcome and we're having a conversation of okay turns out our needs are different or our wants are different like how do we go in the middle well yeah and then You know, we've already kind of said that we don't want to have a specific outcome of that conversation. And the reason we don't want to is because essentially it's just an expectation, right? It's an expectation Mm -hmm. that we have of the other person to react a specific way. It's an expectation on our relationship. It's an expectation on the desired outcome of that situation. And that can also lead to, you know, power dynamics. Oh, yeah. Um, And something, you know... (laughs) expectations are again a big part of that of that communication like do we really are we communicating our needs with this person that we're in a relationship with or are we communicating our expectations yeah and if we're communicating our expectations then I think we can especially not not uh, anticipate that conversation to go the way that we would like it to yeah, I feel, I guess it depends on the sense of like what you're, how, how you're communicating it. Because I think if you're going in in a sense of like, this is what I expect from you, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then not being willing to listen to it where it's like, this is just my expectation. Then that's not going to go down too well because you're kind of forcing rules and expectations on another person, which for that person can be actually pretty stressful. 
yeah. have any expectations placed that like forced upon them right um and can be pretty invalidating as well i feel like this is what i expect and i'm not really going to kind of listen to what your needs are this is what i want these are my expectations tough look <laughs> kind of thing um but i do think maybe it is important to sometimes have those open communication open conversations around maybe what you generally are expecting within that relationship mm. so in the sense of if it's a um like a romantic relationship like what are your expectations like what's okay for you what's not okay for you like how are you kind of expecting is to work as a dynamic as a couple and like making sure that maybe those expectations either align or find those compromises just like basically work out where you what's what's the level playing field here well those are kind of boundaries yeah true rather than expectations yeah. i would say because like expectations to me is that like this is what mm. needs to happen whereas yeah, a boundary is more saying like this yeah. is what's okay for me what's okay for you yeah and that's definitely that's super important yeah no i agree <laughs> which i think we're definitely going to delve into and the oh, second yeah. one is a yes. lot about boundaries because yeah that's true i'm not talking about expectations <laughs> i'm talking about boundaries um one thing i do want to just say yeah. is if you do have expectations or relationship which i think a lot of us kind of naturally form expectations of what relationships are just like check in with yourself one like is this an expectation is it fair that i'm expecting this like why am i expecting this and two where that expectation has come from the bachelor exactly that's where i get them yeah. from boys and gals <laughs> well even <People>. like <laughs> last episode when we were doing the get to know your host right yeah. and there was the question of what movie do you hate that everyone loves and i was like i hate the notebook and you know, me, I'm like, it's the most romantic thing ever. Well, that's what I mean. And highly problematic. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, where are we getting our expectations from? Are we expecting someone to want to go on a date on with us so much that they're going to hold onto a Ferris wheel and threaten to, like, jump off? Like, so, like, think about those expectations, right? Where they're coming from and if they're realistic. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. My ex-boyfriend would constantly be like, this isn't The Bachelor. This isn't The Bachelorette. Like... <laughs> I know that, yeah, I definitely have some high expectations of, which is not, you know, it happens. Some, You know, we can't all be perfect. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. well, just being mindful of of that. You know, if you're mindful yeah. that, heck, yeah, I have some maybe not so great expectations in relationships and I'm actively trying to work on that, then yeah. good on you. <laughs> well, and even just like those expectations, and I think we're going to talk about this in a following up episode as well, is like the expectations of how we show love and appreciation in oh, relationships, God. right? Um, so, yeah, that's another thing we'll talk about in another episode is love languages, I feel, because that can create a whole mess, right? If those, a whole if those aren't mess. communicated, right? I feel like we're going to keep on coming back to this, the first original episode about communication as we go through the other relationship episodes of like, again, communication, yeah. talking about it, being open, being honest. There is part of me for lots of relationships, though, like whether it be friendships or romantic ones where I'm like, all right, we're just not compatible, you know, mm -hmm. like we've talked about all these things, set all these boundaries, communicated and yeah, it's just not not working out. So we'll talk about that too. We'll talk yeah. about the ending of relationships in uh, in our little relationship series that it's we like have mini here. Mini series, yeah. So yeah, and since it will be a series, if y'all want to submit some questiones yeah. to us, that would be Ooh. pretty sick. 
Yeah, so basically the moral of the story is there's going to be a whole lot more conversations going on around relationships that you can expect from me and Olivia over the next couple of weeks. We will be breaking it up in the sense that we... Yeah, well, our, our plan is needs so needs and expectations mm-hmm. today and, you know, um, communication. Next one, we want to talk about trust and boundaries, and then you can expect us to talk about healthy versus not-so-healthy relationships and then what we do when a relationship ends. And if you have any other ideas, mm-hmm. we'd love to hear them. Yeah, so if you want to reach out and have any ideas that you think would be really, really great to talk about in relation to relationships, mm-hmm. you can either go to discoverycollegecolona.com and click podcast right at the top. And on there is a uh, topic submission. So you can pop that in there and that will go straight to me, Olivia. Um, you can also go to at foundrycolona on Instagram and send us a message on there as well, a direct message, and that'll get to me and Olivia too. All right. Well, I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your day and week. Mm-hmm. And we will catch you later. Yeah. Alligators. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Staple Studio is a co-working space for those looking for a safe alternative to working from home. I know I feel so stuck at home these days, and going to Staples makes me feel like I actually have a change of pace. They offer not only a safe space to work with desks, offices, private phone booths, and meeting rooms, they are connected to the Staples store where they have everything you need under one roof. Studio is more than just a co-working space. Studio is a community to help you work, learn, and grow. Follow them on Instagram at Staples Studio Canada for more information on locations, pricing, and amenities. Please visit studio.staples.ca and book a virtual tour. Thanks again for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes, you can follow us or subscribe to What Really Works. To find more from Discovery College, go to discoverycollegecolona.com. And thanks again to Staple Studio in supporting us to produce this podcast. <laughs>